0: This is 891 WEMU, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Creative Impact. It is our weekly look at the local creative sector. Again, I'm David Fair, and I'm here with my content partner and co host, Deb Pollack, albeit by phone. Deb is president and CEO of Creative Washington. Welcome back once again.
1: David, you know, for centuries, arts and cultural programs have been at every level of public safety including prevention and activism, therapeutic and empowerment in correctional facilities, and career training for people returning to the community after incarceration.
0: I would expect that to be true because arts and creativity intersects with just about every sector that we touch. Though I must say, I don't hear much evidence of how or if these programs impact public safety of the justice system.
1: Well, exploring that evidence with our guest is our goal. Let's welcome Washington County Prosecutor Ellie Savage. Welcome to Creative Impact.
2: I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: So, Ellie, you have a practically perfect resume for a public prosecutor. You clerked for not one but two Supreme Court justices, Sandra Day O'Connor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And you've taken on some daunting foes, the pharmaceutical industry and the opioid epidemic banks and slum lords who have unfair housing practices in Detroit. And you were on the team that won the case establishing that all children have a constitutional right to learn how to read and write. Pretty phenomenal. But for me, glaringly absent from your resume is no mention of arts and creative experience or involvement. But just recently, your office announced an arts and creative partnership with Washington County's My Brother's Keeper and the Vera Institute of Justice. It's geared toward reducing justice involvement for young men of color in Washington County. What are you calling the project, and really, what is its goal?
2: So our partnership with My Brother's Keeper, which I'm tremendously excited about, it's called the Formula 734 uh, Diversion Program, and it actually builds on uh, really fantastic work that Washington My Brother's Keeper has already been doing uh, through its Formula 734 program. I'll take a step back. Washtenaw My Brother's Keeper is the uh, sort of local affiliate of the national My Brother's Keeper organization that was founded uh, during the Obama administration to connect uh, adult men of color with young men of color and provide mentorship, uh, relationships, workforce development, and the like, and uh, we've got some phenomenal local leaders at Washington, my brother's Keeper, uh, including uh, Jamal Bufford, who uh, people that follow the local hip hop scene, as I did when I was in in high school. He's a local rapper. He's uh, he's had this group called Athletic Mike League that was uh, you know something that I followed personally in in high school. Yeah, and we've and-
1: had him on the show. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And, and his idea behind Formula 734 is, look, let's bring uh, the sort of younger generation, uh, younger uh, musical artists uh, who perform hip hop, uh, let's bring them in, let's co-produce an album. Uh, but it won't just be sort of any album. Uh, it's really grounded in uh, restorative practices. And before every studio session, what they did, uh, and and they did this last year and released the first album uh, this year, but what they did was they would have circles and they would have conversations about really deep and impactful issues. What does it mean uh, to be a man in uh, the current climate? What's your relationship like with your father? How should we be treating women? They talk about things like police. Uh, involved shootings and uh, the George Floyd killing, and of course, this all took place during COVID. They've got a documentary uh, on it, on the making of this album, and it just blows you away uh, in terms of how powerful this was. Look, it does a couple of things. One is it grounded it in restorative practice, and two, it connects younger men of color with adult mentors that share their passion. So, what Jamal sort of sort of came to us, and we, and we started thinking about this together, and we started thinking, look. This is exactly what young people who are going down the wrong path need, is connections to real adult mentors who share their passion, uh, an opportunity to engage in these types of conversations and restorative practice, as well as workforce development. So what we are doing uh, with this program is uh, we are reserving a certain amount of spots in the second iteration of Formula 734 for young men who uh, may be going down the wrong path and and are coming across our desk in the prosecutor's office, but can benefit from this. And not only are they going to get to participate in uh, the Formula 734 album creation, um, but Jamal had the incredible idea. He said, look, not everybody's a rapper, right? We know that. Uh, But there are people who may be interested in careers that are adjacent to the music industry. Something like videography, photography, uh, journalism, event promotion. So we're offering those opportunities and those opportunities for workforce development uh, in addition to the mentorship, in addition to participating in uh, these conversations. And, you know, that's really what young people need. That's what gets them back on the right track. So we're tremendously excited about this program uh, and can't wait uh, to see it uh, get started in its second iteration.
0: Creative Impact continues on 891 WEMU and we're talking with Washington County prosecutor Ellie Savitt about a new arts-based program his office is offering to youth as an alternative to facing criminal charges. And along that line, for those you do divert to this program with my brother's keeper and the seven three four project, how will it spare them the legal process?
2: So uh, what what we are saying is look, we're giving you an offering to a criminal justice involvement. We don't have to bring the instant charges. And of course, the only people that uh, you know, we would feel comfortable diverting into this program are those who are, you know, we think may be going down the wrong path, but they don't pose an imminent public safety risk. So if you shoot a gun at somebody, you know, you're a danger to the community. We've, we've got to do what we need to do to protect public safety. But we're trying to get uh, young people earlier in that process. And what we're saying is, look, this is part of what we're asking you to do. Go to this program. Uh, participate in these sessions. Get this workforce training. Build these relationships with uh you know mentors in the community and, stay, and out of trouble. stay out of trouble yep exactly and stay out of trouble and if you do all of that uh and you go through this program and you stay out of trouble and that's that's an important component of this we never have to bring the charges in the first place and saddle you with a criminal record because by doing this and by staying out of trouble you've demonstrated to us that you're getting back on the right track and that's really what we should all want uh both from a sort of equity and fairness perspective uh, but also from a public safety perspective. We do a lot better when we address uh, what is bringing somebody into the criminal legal system in the first place uh, and this program just has the capacity uh, to address those issues.
1: So, you know, oftentimes when communities pilot a new program such as this and it doesn't produce immediate results or if leadership changes, the program is defunded. Many of these programs take so many years to actually show the results. What's the evidence you're looking for that this is going to work, and uh, how, how much time and how do you make sure that it's retained and sustained until you can measure those results?
2: Well, this is where we're very grateful to the Vera Institute, who is uh, our, our national funder on this. and uh, They were very excited about uh, this program. We've got funding sufficient to allow the program to expand and to build and to be sustained for some time at no cost to county taxpayers. What we are looking for, of course, is first and foremost, we want to make sure that the young people that participate in this program don't come back into the criminal legal system. If we don't see them again uh, coming across the prosecutor's office desk, if uh, charges aren't getting referred to our office, that's a measure of success. But the other wonderful thing about My Brother's Keeper is it doesn't just stop there the older folks that are involved in My Brother's Keeper, they do follow-ups with the young people that they're working with. So they'll check in with them and say, hey, you know, do you have a job? Are you continuing your education? Are you securely housed? Things like that. And so what we're really looking at at building out is is not just the frontline metrics of whether somebody's coming back into the criminal legal system, but are we setting people and young people up to thrive? Because in the long run, that is really what keeps us safe. And it's also what we should want for everybody in our community. We should be a place in which everybody has an opportunity to thrive, even if, you know, they may have made some missteps while they were young.
0: Very frequently, when it involves those who are traversing their way through the justice system, there can be community pushback. But it sounds to me many of the issues that typically lead to that pushback are being addressed here. Are you finding that there is widespread community support for this program?
2: Yes, absolutely. People are really excited about this. We, we, We announced the program with people getting back out into community events. I've had the opportunity to go to some, and people are really excited about it. If you go out into the community, obviously people want first and foremost to be safe, but the question is, how do we really ensure long-term public safety? And you know, almost, almost unanimously, people will say, including people who's, whose top priority is public safety, they'll say, look, what we need more than anything, we need to get these kids jobs. We need to get these kids something to do. I see kids in my neighborhood getting into trouble. And yeah, it's, it's something that I'm worried about from a public safety perspective. But really, we know that the best thing that we can do to ensure public safety uh, is to give them something positive to do and to get them uh, mentors, And that's exactly what this program does. So I think it, it addresses a lot of community concerns and also community needs.
1: So, Ellie, we really think that this might this has so much potential and we'll look forward to hearing more about it and perhaps having you back on the show to report some of those outcomes. But thank you so very much for being with us today, sharing this program with us.
2: Thank you so much for having me, and I'll look forward to uh, joining you again. I hope we have uh, good stuff to report.
0: That is Washtenaw County Prosecutor Ellie Savage. We've been talking about how arts and creative programs aid public safety and the justice system. You can learn more by going to our website at WEMU.org, and we'll connect you everywhere you need to go. My co-host is Deb Pollack. She is President and CEO of Creative Washtenaw and my Creative Impact co-host, and we'll be back next week.
1: Absolutely, with another creative watching guest.
0: I'm David Fair, and this is your community NPR station, 89.1 WEMU-FM and WEMU-HD1 Ypsilanti.